Alright, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mostly Nerdy Nonsense with Jim and Zane, where what we talk about is in our name, and I am your host, Zane. And I'm Jim. And we watched something this week. We went... A little ditty came out. Yeah, it's this little flick called The Batman. I don't don't know if you heard of it. It's pretty underground, pretty art house, but it's, uh, it's a pretty good watch if you get the chance to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think... If anyone's going to the theaters this weekend or over the course of the next week, they're going to see the Batman. I agree. I would I like to remember... go see it again soon. Yeah, same. I don't even remember if Spider-Man actually did that re-release, if they ended up doing that or not. But I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't either. It's all been Batman for me. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people went into this movie very skeptical, just because, like, um, you know, most people only knew Pattinson who was playing Batman from Twilight and stuff like that, but he's done much more since then. And immediately once trailers came out, my skepticism was gone, and I was very ready to see this movie. I agree. Um, Just for reference for anybody else, I guess, just before people get too weary, are we going to talk with non-spoilers for a little bit and then go into more more rock-solid details? Yeah, we can start with non-spoiler stuff, because there's a lot to say about the movie that doesn't pertain to the plot of it at all. Yeah, very true. Um, so, like, the movie itself is beautiful. Like, it looks fantastic. It, like, cinematically is probably the best Batman movie that they've ever made, and probably one of the best-looking superhero movies I've ever watched. Yeah, there was definitely a couple times, even just in simple transition scenes and stuff, where you see a shot and you're like, oh, wow, that was, that was different. Yeah. Just like a shot um, of a door opening or something. There are some really, like, big shots in this movie. Um, and then there's some really, like, tight camera-focused shots. Like, we get, like, point of view and, like, through the eyes of character type of shots. And then we get these giant, like, skitty, cityscape shots. And they really, like, mirror, or not mirror, they opposite each other really, really well. Um, the movie was shot in Glasgow, right? I don't know. I want to say that's where? I, I, I Honestly, I don't remember. We can t- keep talking while I look it up, but... Whichever city it was in, it was a very interesting Gotham City. It was very gothic. Oh, yeah, we got one of my absolute... Probably my favorite rendition of Gotham City because we see not only these giant uh, buildings and we have, like, a Times Square-esque part of Gotham that looks a lot like New York City, but then, like you said, there are these big gothic buildings and, like, Wayne Manor is essentially just a giant gothic castle that he lives in. Apparently it was a combination of Liverpool, Glasgow, and London. Okay. That's very cool. I knew Glasgow was in there somewhere. But yeah, like, all the architecture is super, you know, the the older school, not, how, how do you say, uh, Victorian era, I guess? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but did we, could we tell really what time period this was in? I would say it's modern day. Do we think, do we see cell phones at all? We do. We um, do? Okay, yeah. And when we get to the spoiler stuff, I'll talk about where we see the one cell phone in particular. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I do happen to know which cell phone you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, I guess, now that you mentioned it as well, there were, were a couple key aspects to this movie that lend it to be in the modern day. Oh yeah, I mean, the the Riddler essentially uses TikTok and iFunny <laughs> as his, as his <laughs> the, platform. The Riddler literally is an iFunny user at that point. <laughs> I probably saw one of his videos or comments at some point in my life. Probably. Um, God forbid. And then, 
besides just the, the cinematography of this movie, um, the tone is very cool. It's very dark right off the bat, and they push the PG-13 to its absolute limit. Yeah, they really do. I remember being somewhat disappointed when I found out that it wasn't going to be rated R, but they, like you said, they really ride that line and show you beating him, him beating the absolute piss out of people. Oh yeah, no, we get a very brutal Batman. It feels very um like Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, in like the way he moves and like his movements and his combat. Yeah, he does in at certain points almost move, video game character esque. Mm-hmm. The way he just shifts around and just absolutely plows over people. Oh yeah, and he just goes from like target to target. He doesn't really like. There's no lag in his uh, <laughs> thought process. He's just constantly like ready. He hits those dodged counters every single time. Yes, he does. And I was always really bad at that play in those games. <laughs> Honestly, though, I say that. I don't think that he did hit those dodge counters every single time. Probably not every time. There were a couple times where he saw him get hit. He got smacked up. So I think unlike a lot of first entries in Batman franchises, we see Batman's... We don't really see his origin story. We don't see him put on the suit for the first time. We don't see... Um, the loss of his parents. We hear about it, and he talks about it, but we don't actually see it on screen. So we're in Batman. I believe he said he's in year two of his Gotham project, quote-unquote. And I think that's a really cool place to pick up because we're not getting him in that kind of clunky phase where he doesn't know what he can and can't do. Like, this dude has already kind of figured it out, but is still working on some of the big aspects of it. Yeah, honestly, he had quite a bit more things going on, I guess I'll say, than I would have thought in year two. I was going to be more specific than that, but I don't want to be since we're spoilers. Or no, yeah. or, or no spoilers right now. But, say, we will um, do spoilers in just a little bit. I don't have a whole lot to say that doesn't pertain to the plot, just kind of the stuff we're talking about. But yeah, as far as his position in the, uni in the universe of Gotham was more advanced in some ways than I would have thought it was going in. Like, he has a really, really, like, strong relationship with Jim Gordon, like, right off the bat. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was going to mention. And I as think that even well in the... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say as well as gadgets, but I felt like that was mildly spoilery even. Yeah, there are more gadgets than I expected for sure, especially from, like, just, like, the trailers and, like, the tone of the movie. I did not expect there to be as many gadgets as there were. Yeah. But I think even in, like, the Dark Knight movies, like, Jim Gordon didn't trust Batman until, like, the end of the second movie. Yeah, that's true. He was much, and very, even then, much more wary of him. Yeah. Other than that, the music was goddamn fantastic in this movie. Yeah, the composer was fantastic. Um, the movie was, the music was so foreboding most of the time. It was, and Batman's music was almost like villainous at points, which I did not expect, and I really enjoyed. There were definitely moments in the in the movie where he was portrayed to be the villain. He looked scary to whoever he was fighting. Yeah, um, I think that honestly, his Batman theme is very like um, Imperial March, Darth Vader esque, just slowed down in a little like like deeper tone. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it, you're right, it does uh, have a very Darth Vader, a, a very march to it. Yeah. Um, Michael Giacchino is the name of the composer for that movie. Yeah, he's yep. done quite a bit of composing lately. Didn't he do, uh, he did Spider-Man No Way Home as well. Yep, and he also did Homecoming, I'm assuming the second one as well. Yeah. Um, Up, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, 
Planet of the Apes, Coco, well, I mean, Jurassic can, World, so many How can things. we not trust that guy? Yeah. Star Wars Rogue One, Super 8, oh yeah, he's he's done quite a bit. Yeah, he has done a lot. That's a, that's a big rap sheet. And now to have done the Batman, I mean, he's he's starting what sounds like a John Williams type of career. I was going to say a similar thing where he's sort of etching himself out to be uh, a trademark of the Hollywood music industry. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, I don't know. Like, And the performances in the movie were fantastic. Everybody in the movie was really well acted. All the characters were well developed and like you could tell the people were taking them seriously the entire time. Yeah, I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about some of the characters based on the designs that we'd gotten from the trailers. Mm-hmm. But I think all of them kind of proved themselves and stood out in their own way and were badass throughout the movie. Yeah. I think the Riddler was the one I was most skeptical of and he was the one that like was one of the most hard hitting and impactful <sighs> characters. Like Spoiler alert, he's our main villain for this movie. If you couldn't figure that out, then you're going to have a hard time watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that was fairly obvious throughout <laughs> the uh, throughout the, the trailers and such. I will say that at a certain point in the movie, I thought they were going to curveball us hard. But, Me too. But it didn't end up going that way. Um, not that it won't eventually continue to go that way in, a, in future story arcs, whether... Not, not that I think that that's who he'll end up being, but... Anything's possible. It seems Anything's like possible, yeah. They're really uh, going into comic books and pulling things they really like and adapting them to fit this Batman. Yeah, there were things... At this point, these are things that were said before the movie came out, so it's not a spoiler to say them, that were uh, given as recommended reading or watching heading mm-hmm. into this movie, among them being The Long Halloween and... Was, was Hush on that list? Hush was not on the list, but it should have been. It should have been, I agree. Um, what were some of the other recommended ones? Uh, Year One, which is a fantastic book if you haven't read Year One. I and there is a personally. couple renditions of Year One, so, I mean, any one you pick up is going to be pretty good. I'm pretty sure I've seen the animated movie of Year One. Mm. And then a book called <clears throat> Batman, Ego, and Other <clears throat> Tales, which I have not read before, but I'm planning to pick up next time I go pick up comics. Interesting. W- weren't there a couple movies on that list as well? Um. Oh yeah, there was the usual, the usual suspects, um, Zodiac, Silence of the Lambs, and then there was another one, but I can't remember that fourth one that uh, Matt Reeves talked about. All movies that, especially when put together in a group, give off a certain tone, you might say. Mm-hmm. That uh, can definitely be translated or not translated but you'll notice it in the movie oh my god yeah um (laughs) just a little bit (laughs) um those three movies i think kind of bring me to my big point that is i would say non-spoilery is that we see batman as his proclaimed world's greatest detective in this movie it is truly a detective story front to back yeah and not only that but the gotham pd while some of them might be scared of him also treat him that way yeah, no, they really, a couple of them will try to get in his way just because they think, or like maybe they're new or something, but none of them stand in his way for very long. Yeah, no. No, they, they quickly Nor does anybody in this movie. It, <laughs> it just reminds me even more, I think, I'm not sure if this episode came out before or after, whatever, but we, I think we talked a little bit about Reacher, or I, maybe I talked to you about him a little bit, about how he's just the world's greatest detective. 
Mm-hmm. And now he's literally just Batman and the Punisher combined with no suit. <laughs> and, and, like, there literally were scenes in that Reacher show that were exactly the way they were in the Batman, where they're just walking around a crime scene, and someone thinks they know something, and he's like, well, kind of, but actually it's... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> just spouts off a bunch of nonsense. And That's he's awesome. right. And he knows he's right. Yeah. And everyone else knows he's right. <laughs> Oh, but no, that was probably my favorite aspect of this movie is that, like, we see, like, true detective work and, like, looking for evidence and trying to solve puzzles because, I mean, that's the Riddler's whole deal is puzzles and they're tough. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, I think some of the puzzles he gives in the movies, in the movie, like, the direct puzzles Mm -hmm. that he might say out loud are more on the, like, cheesy or corny side that, like, they're kind of played up that way. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's almost saying them, I hate to say this because he's a TikTok slash iFunnier, but he's, you know, he's <laughs> memeing it out, basically, for the audience. Yeah. But then the actual riddle is much more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to get into the deep dive on the plot, we can officially give our spoiler warning for this. Before we do, I was going to say one thing, one thing that I have been telling people that I think is not a spoilery thing to tell them going into it that might intrigue you to get into the movie more is that Bruce Wayne is not the main character of this movie. The goddamn Batman is the main character of this movie. You are completely right. I think the, we see maybe what, 10 minutes of in public Bruce Wayne in this movie. Well, and I was going to say someone else wanted to argue me where they're like, no, he's not in the suit the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, but when is he being Bruce Wayne during that time? He puts yeah, on a exactly. Suit. He puts on a suit to go to a funeral, and I think one other time, and that was it. And I think he talks to people at that in that scene for like two or three sentences of dialogue a piece before either he Shit pisses the them thing. off or they piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I've been telling people that like about the movie is that like even if you're not into superheroes not into batman if you just like a good mystery that keeps you engaged this is this is a movie for you i would agree with that as well and another thing that isn't i don't think this is necessarily necessarily spoilery but if you're someone who <clears throat> was interested in the movie but then after seeing some of the trailers thought there was some dialogue choices that were like iffy a lot of those were taken out of context in ways that prevented spoilers from other things happening. That's very true. Very much in a um, Avengers Endgame, the Hulk running across the field when he was never even in the movie <laughs> sort of a situation. A then, lot of that is the way they edited that trailer. So, Looking like, back at some of the trailers, like the trailers are pulled heavily from the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes of that movie. Yeah, like... The big one for me was the Selena Kyle, I've got nine lives, honey line. Worked so much better in the actual context of the movie. Oh, yeah. Than what it was in the trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because, like, I think that they might have edited that dialogue over a different scene in the trailer than it actually is in the movie. I'm pretty sure they did. Either way, like, a, a lot of the things in the trailer are not what they seem, so if that's one of the things preventing you, don't let it prevent you. Just... I think that this movie is is really really well done. So, I know we're like we said we're gonna try to go linearly, but do we want to put up the spoiler wall and then immediately answer for the people who don't care what we were just talking about, like where that line actually fits in? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
So this will be our official spoiler alert, and we are at right around 15 minutes, 16 minutes in our recording. So I'll try to write that in our little uh, description for the episode so everybody who's listening knows. Yeah, for Um, sure. But yeah, spoiler alert, we are going to be deep diving on the plot here. We're going to talk about characters, things that happen, things that are revealed to us, possible setups for sequels and sequels and sequels, hopefully. Yeah, I, I really hope so. There was a point... Now that we are in spoiler territory, where you know people are like, "Well, so what about this Matt Reeve Batman? They're they're just gonna tie him into the major, the rest of the Justice League universe after this." And based on the trailers, I would have been like, "Nah, there's no way they're gonna do that." But meh, meh, I think they might do that. There could definitely be, especially with the Flash, there could be some multiversal nonsense that leads him into that, like that main continuity. I definitely want to see him spend some time on his own, but, you know, honestly, like, they could just, at this point, his movie's out, so the next one's The Flash, The Flash comes back to modern day, and there's Pattinson. See, as much as you say, like, he could join the Justice League, I don't know if I want that for this Batman. I said I wanted that for Christian Bale's Batman, but I don't know if I want that for this one. So... There's nothing to say that he needs to join the Justice League right away. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would want to join the Justice League right Not now. even a little bit. I think that it would take a good two or three movies, maybe even four, of him being by himself and not giving two dams who the Justice League even is mm-hmm. before he has any sort of a conversation with them outside of maybe a post-credit scene that leads nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if they'll take this into the Justice League continuity. I would be impressed if they did. But I don't know what'll happen there. I could almost see them maybe doing... uh, Like, they're doing Flashpoint, quote-unquote, right now. Mm -hmm. Leave him in his own universe for five, six, seven years, give him a couple movies, and then do, like, Crisis. Okay, yeah. Or something like that, to bring him in. That could work. I think if you do Crisis in live action, that's when you bring back Darkseid and just forget about uh, whoever they used before. Yeah, and just make Darkseid the guy who's causing Crisis. Yeah. Um, But to get back to what we were talking about, those those out-of-context quotes, wasn't it something like when, when she says, doesn't Bruce say to Selina, you'd trade your life for his when he, she was going to kill somebody? Mm-hmm. And she was like, don't worry about it, I've got nine of them. Yeah, so she's got a dude like tied to a chair hanging off a balcony and she just kicks him off jumps off the building and like slides the way down and this guy doesn't die but she is very willing to kill him because she is not worried about herself no no not at all um i think zoe kravitz was fantastic as catwoman yeah so so was i and i i have to say dude i am so glad that i at least watched the um the long halloween because yeah. I would have had zero context for, like, when she was like, he's my father! <laughs> that still <laughs> caught me off guard, and I watched the long movie. <laughs> yeah, right? I, like, well, so, like, having not seen it, I was like... Or if I hadn't seen it, I might have thought that was weird, having no background on that knowledge. Yeah. But knowing that that's a possibility, I was like, damn, like, they're going there. They're straight up just doing the long Halloween. And that's what I read a lot before the movie came out from, like, people on Twitter is that it's deeply rooted in, like, its comic book origins. And that's a very deep-cut comic book thing. Is that... With, with Selena Kyle. Is it 
like accurate from other um I believe it's from the long Halloween is it just from that though did it did it hold on from that source and continue or is she not his daughter and other sources I guess then? I don't know I can do a little bit of research real quick I mean it's not <laughs> I guess it doesn't hold too much bearing on on right now but yeah that's true Either way, you know, I thought that was a really cool little snag for they're like I was like, damn, they're directly just doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie starts out from the Riddler's point of view. He is spying on, um, it's a kid and like his parents getting ready to go out trick or treating, and my first my first thought off the bat is that I didn't realize it was the Riddler who was like looking down at these people, and I thought it was uh, Bruce and Thomas and Martha, but that's yeah, so not I. the case at all. So did I. Especially because, like, every movie has this condition that, like, a Batman movie starts with the Waynes dying. We know mm-hmm. this. I've seen it I've seen it a million times before. It's a classic. Who was that family again, specifically? That was the current mayor of Gotham, his wife, and his son. Okay. So, forgive me, because at this point, I believe we've, we've only seen this movie once each. Yep, only once. So these okay. are our initial reactions, so our, our thoughts could change later on down the line. And also, the movie was such an adrenaline rush from start to finish that it's real blurry in my memory. That and, like, for being a three-hour runtime movie, you didn't really feel the three hours. Because everybody I was reading about said, they're like, oh, it's a little too long. I don't know what they would have cut from the movie to make it shorter. Yeah, really. So the, the, the reason I had asked was because I, I don't remember if the killings were based around holidays again. Or if they were more random. Well, the first one takes place on Halloween, and then right. his end his end monologue at the end of the movie is seven seven days later on November seventh. Oh, weird. So that whole movie takes place in a week. Damn, I did not realize it was that short of a time period. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Wow. That kind of changes things a little bit. I really yeah. thought that there was a longer time period throughout that movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, at that point, we see him essentially brutally murder that family. No, he only kills uh, the mayor. The kid, the, the, the kid's the, the one that finds him. Right, right, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. He like, um, how does he kill me? Um, so, the mayor is watching his debate with the other person running against him in the mayoral candidate, or candidate race. And then he's and just the TV, creepily hiding in the background. The TV flashes real bright, and it reflects on the Riddler's glasses and scared the piss out of me. Yes. I did not I did. expect a jump scare five minutes into the Batman, but they got me. <laughs> and he's and, creepy, and they base his design off of the Zodiac Killer, and they do it really well. You know, it's, it's funny, now that you mention that, when there was a, a friend of mine asking me, you know, is, is it scary? Like, were there jump scares? And I was yes. thinking about it, I was like, no, not really, but... No, yeah, you're right, there was. <laughs> there were a couple in there. Even Batman has a couple. Yeah, yeah. Not Well, especially with him, like, not even necessarily jump scares, but just someone, it, like, a tense build-up moment where they're just looking down a dark hallway, like, yeah. is he there, is he not there, what the hell's going on? So after we see, so he, the Riddler kills that guy with, like, a carpeting tool, and then, like, duct tapes around his head and writes no more lies across his face. And cuts his thumb off, and that's where, you know, kind of our story with the Batman picks up, is he's out fighting crime and looks up and sees the bat signal in the sky, and he does this little monologue about how, like, he's just one man, and he can't be everywhere in Gotham all at one time, but that signal 
is part of the reason that crime is the way that it is. Like, we see a couple shots of, like, there's people doing graffiti and their spray paint can drops and rolls away from them into a dark alley. And they're just like, well, there's a chance he's back there, so I'm not going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really interesting scene. <laughs> the kid was just like, eh, it's, not, it's not quite worth it, I don't think. <laughs> just on the off chance that he's out looking for someone to beat up. But yeah, so, you, that monologue, it was very noir. and it The was, whole movie is, oh my it, gosh. It was over a Nirvana song, correct? Yes. That's what I thought. <clears throat> that Nirvana song plays like three times in that movie. That's what I thought. Yeah, they played it a couple times. But, um... Oh, why did I bring that up? I, I thought it was very... It was, it was at that point where people were kind of giving the criticism of like, oh, it's going to be an emo Batman. I was like, well, that that's the bait for them right there. Like, <laughs> it's not going to get much more emo than that. Him just, uh, it's been a rainy Saturday. <laughs> Over some Nirvana songs. <laughs> um, so this is a little bit off topic. So <clears throat> one of the jokes that I've seen floating around about this movie is that... Um, Thomas and Martha Wayne were, in this timeline, killed in 2002. Traditionally Ooh. leaving the theater <laughs> from seeing Zorro with Bruce as a young, as a young child, um, somebody tweeted that there is a good chance that they were leaving the theater having watched the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you say that, but I, my, my mind went to, when did the Zorro remake come out? I don't know if they've done a Zorro remake in a long time. I'm pretty sure they... I thought that there was a more There very recent... well could be one, because I just... I don't watch Zorro movies. I read one of the books in middle school for a book report and then didn't read the book and almost failed the book report. I... Why am I thinking that there's <clears throat> a, another Zorro movie? There was a Zorro, Zorro movie in 99 and then one in 98. The Legend of Zorro 2005. Oh, in 2005. Yes. So real close. It was it was fairly close, yeah. But I mean, hey, that little three year window gap. I think that we can. Oh just yeah, it's, it's a that, very easily easy thing that they could have said. It's just you know Zorro yeah, like usual. We can pretend that in their universe it was just Zorro, <laughs> and or not if, you know. Or if we want to push it back a couple of years, I think there was like it was like it said Zorro two in in ninety eight. Yeah. yeah. So we can't say it was Shrek or Scooby Doo then. <laughs> um. But no, Batman is very daunting and very quiet in this movie. Like, Batman does not speak very often. No, and he's just a intimidating guy. <clears throat> yeah. Very much, again, uh, have you seen any of Reacher yet? Not yet. I'm probably going to, I might start it after this, honestly. It's, it's very much in that vein where someone will say something to him or, you know, talk shit in his direction and all he has to do is look at them and immediately change their demeanor about how he's going to face them. You know what I mean? Just scare the piss out of them with a look. Absolutely, yeah. He does that to, like, public figures, even. Like, yeah. again, like, cops, the com cop, like, police commissioners, people like that. Like, everybody does not want to mess with the Batman. Um, what did you think of the Bat voice? I liked it. It wasn't his, like, normal speaking voice, but it wasn't, like, you know, the Christian Bale, uh, <laughs> the deep raspy scream of a metal singer uh, and then it wasn't uh, ben affleck's even robot voice i don't even know what to call it yeah i don't know I, I remember thinking that the idea of the modulator was kind of interesting but i 
didn't like the way that they executed it or like the tone of modulation that they used or whatever. Yeah. So no, it was just just slightly off his voice, and I think that that worked really really well, especially for how little he was actually talking. Yeah, yeah. When when he did speak, it made an impact. Yeah. Um, and then we have our first look at the new Alfred after Batman comes back from that crime scene. And it is Andy Serkis, who, if you don't know, has done, like, basically every piece of motion capture in major media since, like, 2000. And then yeah. also played Ulysses Claw in the Marvel movies. I do feel like for a more recent audience, or, or someone more recently getting into this stuff, that'd be, like, the, the, the better... Because it's actually his face, you know? You can recognize yeah, that's true. him more easily. But, yeah, he's Smeagol, Lord of the Rings. He's the main monkey and in Rise Planet of the, of the Apes that Ma- that Matt Reeves also directed. He directed all three of those movies. Yeah, true. He, I think that's part of the reason he brought him over. Probably, he yeah. Must like the guy. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I like his Alfred a lot because like he's not at the point that we've seen an Alfred at where like it's been two years and he's really interested in solving the crimes, but he's already tired of Bruce being so dramatic. <laughs> I mean. He may have only been Batman for two years, but I get the feeling that the, this version of Batman's been dramatic a little longer than that. <laughs> He's just like, I'm now curious if they're going to take us the League of Shadows route with this Batman, like if he got training from Raja Ghoul. Well, uh, I was going to say Andy, but Alfred said that he trained Bruce, didn't he? He referenced that he, like, he could teach him to fight, but I don't know if that actually means that he did. I can just definitely see this version of, I mean, Jesus, I guess. Maybe Alfred is a member of the League of Shadows. Well, I was going to say, you know, (laughs) traditionally, Alfred fights in what, like World War II? I think so. This version of Alfred would have had to have been, what, Desert Storm? Yeah, he could have been like Desert Desert Storm, early Iraq War, like. Yeah, very easily. Because he doesn't seem like he's that old, like maybe he's in his 50s. (laughs) I guess it wouldn't necessarily be Desert Storm because he's British. But but something of that nature. Something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> is he British? Did I just, or is he like Irish or Scottish? I don't even know. I believe he's British. Okay. I just don't want to speak out of turn here. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I really liked him as, as Alfred. He was stern but comforting, you know? Yeah. Like an Alfred should be. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that that's one thing that Batman movies have nailed pretty much the whole way, is Alfred is always what I expect. They about ripped my gut out when I thought he died. Oh, I know. Scared me really bad. I couldn't believe they were going to do that in the first movie. But they didn't, thank goodness. Yeah, I would have been a little, just a little bit upset. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, um, but the Riddler's big thing is that he's leaving um, letters to the Batman at all of his uh, crime scenes, and they have riddles and ciphers in them, and then they're like they're in little greeting cards. So Bruce is not only working on figuring out like who these people are that are going to be killed, but he's also trying to break this code that the Riddler has been using. Yeah, I thought it was wasn't the what's the cipher based off of? It is based off the Zodiac Killer cipher. Okay, I knew it was something like that. So it's not that one. Like I think they made it special for the movie because like. I can't crack the whole alphabet yet. I have, I'm still missing stuff in the, than the one that I'm working on for his, his cipher. 
I don't even understand how you do that shit. <laughs> um, I found one partially filled out online, and then I started like getting phrases and any letter that I could figure out pretty confidently. I would mark okay. as that symbol. Okay, but you didn't you didn't solve the cipher first yourself. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't understand how people do that shit. I was under the impression that you first solved the cipher yourself and then started figuring out what like, what the letters were. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were some sort no, of super I, genius in hiding over there. I read about it on like Twitter and watched videos on TikTok, and I'm like, man, that's really cool. So I started like going to the website before the movie came out a little bit. And then now that the movie's out, they've been doing even more stuff on that website. We'll talk about that when we get toward the end. That's been very, very cool. Also, neat neat little twist that they use the actual website in the movie. They do. I know that's a little farther down the line, but yeah, I thought that was a really neat little little twist that they were gonna they're gonna use that bit of promotion, which was a neat bit of promotion to begin with, and then actually yeah. name drop the website in the movie as if it's because part of the the whole plan. I remember when we talked in our last episode about our big our big Batman episode, you were asking me if you thought I was going to like see Batman use the internet to fight the Riddler, and you're like, I don't know, man, I don't know about that. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're going to, and we did. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of surprised to see that. Well, I guess I was thinking of it in more of a way that like Tony Stark would use the internet to take over, take, take on the Riddler. Mm-hmm. I was I, gotcha. I, I was thinking in more of like a hacking way. I guess in this movie, the Batman never really does anything himself to, you know. Yeah, it's more that the Riddler uses it as a tool to contact Batman. It's not so much that Batman yeah, that, uses it. Batman's not tracking down his IP addresses from the burner phones and stuff like that. Yeah, why doesn't he do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, they made him very smart, but then... Not tech smart in that way specifically. Yeah. One of my favorite little aspects of this Batman was the uh, contact lenses that record everything he's doing. Yeah, I like that too. Because that is some super Batman shit that we've never seen before that I'm aware of. I thought Selena flushed those down the drain and I was going to be very upset with her. (laughs) Those were very expensive. Oh, I'm sure. Um, speaking of Selena, I think we were introdu- introduced to her at some point in this time frame as well during the movie. Yeah, her introduction is kind of confusing because she's constantly, like, she looks very different in a lot of scenes because she works at a club. Um, so she, like, bartends, waitress, that type of stuff. And she's wearing wigs when she goes in and out of the club. So, like, the first time we saw her, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Catwoman. And then when she got back to her apartment is when I figured out, like, okay, yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. who we're seeing here. Yeah, I thought that was a neat way to give her just a little bit of extra disguise whenever mm-hmm. she's doing her, her sleuthing. Her cat burgling, if yes. you will. I guess sleuthing is more what Batman does, but <laughs> either way. But she is just as much of a detective as he is. Like, she is out there trying to, like, figure out what is going on. Because one of her friends who works at the club disappears. That's something that... Yes, well, okay, so yeah, her friend disappears, and that's a big crux of the story, is her trying to get her friend back. And, or that, and I think they to... make it pretty obvious that those two are not just friends, that they are involved romantically. They definitely, they make it out to be that way. Yeah, I, that was my impression as well. Um, oh, crap, where was I going with that? <laughs> Shoot. Anyways. 
but yeah, she's so she's looking her for her friend, and she doesn't really turn to Bruce. Bruce kind of like comes to her and is like, "Hey, I need your help." Oh, okay, yeah. So that's what I was gonna say was, um, while yeah, we see Batman being a detective on crime scenes, I thought that throughout the movie, Selina did a lot more detective work. Than oh my Bruce god, yeah. ever did in that movie? <laughs> she did in disguise, undercover. She was stalking people and like doing <laughs> stakeouts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie is the penguin. <laughs> oh man, he was. I, there's no way that I would have been able to tell that was Colin Farrell if I didn't already oh, know dude, it. I know. And it doesn't he, look like it's fake. He looks like a person. Yeah, no, I mean, he uh, has done some interviews since the movie came out and stuff, and he said that, like, it's a super weird experience to look in the mirror and see that. Yeah, like, to I see bet. somebody who isn't yourself. And he was talking about how, like, he thought Not it would be kind of, yourself. Like, he thought it would be kind of, like, constricting and hard to do the work in, but he said it was super freeing and a lot of fun to act that way. Yeah, it's got to be weird to, I mean, as an actor, you play someone who's not yourself, but then to also look in the mirror and not see yourself. Yeah. That's got to be trippy. Especially, like, it's different, like, in, like, big sci-fi movies where, like, they're wearing, like, huge prosthetics and they're not even, like, remotely human and stuff like that. Like, this is a dude who just, like, just looks like a person, just not straight Colin up, Farrell. <laughs> straight up a different person. Yeah. Yeah, um, I thought... He's very mob boss gangster. <laughs> he's got the oh! accent and everything. Oh, what are you showing oh, me? Come on! Come on! Oh! <laughs> come on! <laughs> I um, audibly laughed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, like, the one, like, real out loud laugh I had in that movie. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this is dialogue in this scene. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that we didn't get one of those from Falcone at some point, because doesn't I that know. actor do that a bunch in the Transformers movie? I think so. <laughs> That's another thing. They deep dive into, like, the underbelly of Gotham and, like, the drug rings and, like, the Maronis and the Falcones, these giant mob families that I don't think a lot of Batman movies lean on very heavily. The Falcones are in the Dark Knight trilogy, but briefly. That's something that between... You know, the couple of animated movies that I've seen. And then, I was a huge fan of Gotham. Yeah. So, there's a ton of that in Gotham. I um, can't remember the actor's name who plays Falcone in that uh, that, ver- that show. But he did a really good job in that. He was much more of the... He, he's much less intense than this version of Falcone, I'll just put it that way. He's not still murdering people the way this Falcone's murdering people. Yeah. He might have someone whacked if he has to, but he's more of the gentle old mob boss. Mm. But it was interesting to see this just grimy murderer crime because boss of Falcone. Where we are in this movie is that Maroney is in prison, but Falcone is still very much at large and is made out to be less than he is. That, I think, was the other big uh, mystery was the one Riddler message, the rat with wings. Yeah. So the whole movie, Bruce is looking for uh, El Rata Alada, which is the rat with wings, and he singled out quite a few people that he thinks it's going to be. And it doesn't what, figure out to the... What was our suspect list throughout the movie? Um, He thinks it's that one cop who's like a guard at the club when he's off duty, who's like one of the uh, corrupt cops of the city. Right, One of okay. many... 
then he goes to Penguin, and then from there, he's not sure. He thinks it's himself, briefly, just because, like, they bring up bats, and there's, like, when they go somewhere, there's, like, a cage of rats and one bat in there. Oh, uh, so he doesn't, he doesn't think that he, like, he just thinks that, I don't know. Okay, he's wondering I, if the Riddler is talking about him. I, I confused myself for a second, because I thought, I was thinking of, like, his list of people he thought was the Riddler, not just oh, El Rata I don't, I don't think he had much of a suspect risk for the, list for the Riddler. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's why... I, when you were like, he had a bunch of people, I, was, I confused myself. I was like, wait, he did? Like, no, he didn't he... <laughs> really have any idea who the Riddler was. I was slightly disappointed that he, it... Was he ever set up earlier in the movie that did we see that actor's face before he put on the mask anywhere? No, I mean, the first time we see him is literally the first minute of the movie, and it's behind that mayor that he kills. Right, in the mask, though. Yeah, no, I don't think we see him unmasked very much at all. That would be something that would be very curious. That I'm, I'm again, I'm kind of upset we only saw it the one time to go back in knowing what the Riddler's face looks like, mm-hmm. and like see if he's in the background of any scenes at any point. And I'm sure he is. I, you, you know ha- what I mean? Have to be. It's almost like have you seen the uh, screenshots from Far From Home where like Jake Gyllenhaal is in the background of a bunch of scenes in that movie? I have, yeah. Yeah. They do, um, not just Marvel, but I think it's really interesting when they do stuff like that that's, like, stuff that you wouldn't notice until you watch it the second time. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited to see it again, because I'm sure there are plenty of Easter eggs and references and, like, just stuff that I didn't get time to see, because there's a lot going on in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, so that's something that was another quick, quick little clip that, so... At one point, before the movie came out, it was announced that the character was going to be called Edward Nashton. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when the, when he gets arrested later on, and they're like, is this you? And he's like, you tell me. He holds up two driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. The one says Edward Nashton. What did the other one say? I didn't catch it. They went really quick. Mm-hmm. See, I want, I'm curious if it was, like, some other first name, Nigma. It the, might have been. And then the bottom one was Edward Nashton. Edward Nashton. That, that would make sense. That, so they that, said that um, the Riddler is a forensic accountant once they figure out who he is. Okay. Um, so, I'm so maybe wondering, we did see him. We, I'm wondering if he's <clears throat> one of the Wayne Enterprise accountants that shows up at Wayne Manor. Because well, we never what, actually see them. Which scene was that? You said we don't it's see right them. at the right at the beginning, when Alfred's like, "Look, Bruce, the accountants are here. Like, we need to talk to them. The company's not doing well. We still need to have you making money. Like, Gotham, or he's like, Wayne Enterprises is like important for the city. Like, we can't have it be going bad because you want to spend a bunch of money on the Batman." So, sorry, did you say that he was a financial accountant? Forensic. Okay, that's what I thought you said. What's a forensic accountant? A forensic accountant is an accountant who uses their like knowledge of how like businesses normally run and how the books normally look in like large enterprises to look for embezzlement fraud and like money laundering hmm yeah that'd be that'd be an interesting little poll i wish we that would have been perfect for me like that's all i really would have needed is like show him walking into the room with those accountants and have 
Because he has a bunch of those old, like, Gotham renewal things from when Thomas Wayne was running for mayor in his apartment. Yeah, he did. So I'm wondering how he got his hands on those, whether he was in a former employee of Wayne Industry or Enterprises at some point, or if he was a current employee that just went crazy. It would have had to have been... We'll be curious to see, with a sequel, a little bit more of his backstory. Maybe that's why we don't know that much yet, you know? Another thing we're getting a little sooner than that is there are spinoffs announced that go with this. Yeah, that's true, too. There, Maybe, I uh, believe there are two TV series that he's working on. I know there was the Gotham PD one, but what's the other one? I have heard that it revolves around Arkham Asylum. Huh. So that was something... I can't remember if I actually asked you this or not, or if I messaged you, if we ever actually looked it up, but... Is it also comics canon that Martha's maiden name is Arkham? Yeah, I don't know that. I thought that was a really cool point in this movie, but I don't know if that's, like, generally speaking. I also really like that as just another way to, like, entrench their family in the history of Gotham. Yeah, that and especially, like, to be the two largest names in in Gotham, you know, Wayne Enterprises is a multi-billion dollar, multi-conglomerate company. Meanwhile, Arkham is the ones who are in charge of, you know, hospitals, mental health. In a place like Gotham, that's a big name. <laughs> it seems like they went a little uh, flashpoint with Martha and her Where backstory. she was kind of nuts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting little point that they made... Sure to let you know. So, in my quick Google search of Martha Wayne maiden name, her name was Martha Kane. Oh, lovely. I think that's after Bob Kane, probably. That's, okay, yeah, sure. But, oh, Martha Kane married Martha Wayne? Yeah, Martha Kane married uh, Thomas Wayne, you know? Yeah. But no, having her last name be uh, Arkham was, I think, a great move, and I think the comics could learn something from that. Yeah, that's that's ripe for storytelling, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially, that, like, we... if you did that in the comics, if that was something that it's revealed now, that was something that was covered up before. Yeah, for you know decades. I mean? that, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just ripe right there. We get a look at Thomas and Martha that we don't really get a whole lot, especially cinematically, because they're portrayed as, like, you know, the saving grace of Gotham. You know, Thomas Wayne is the one who's trying to bring Gotham back to its former glory, and, you know, his lovely wife Martha and his brilliant son Bruce are a part of that journey. But here we see that, like, we, we know they're good people, but there's more to them than just, like, they have money, they're trying to fix things. Everybody's complicated, Bruce. <laughs> exactly the sins of the father is a big theme in this movie yeah um, and that was and another that was like... oh, sorry I was going to say that's another uh, direct from the long Halloween thing was the whole uh, Falcone having a conversation with young Bruce while he was on their kitchen table being operated on or whatever yeah no that one like as soon as he said that I'm like oh shit I know that like I remember that yeah yeah, that was really cool. Um, um, 
Yeah, I was gonna say, where, what else do we have besides the couple obvious things we haven't talked about? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. Oh, so my favorite part of the movie is we get an absolutely ridiculous Batmobile ch- car chase scene. Oh, that was such a good scene too, dude. And I didn't think I was gonna like that car at first. I was like, it's cool, I love but it's that just car. kind of a souped up. But like, dude, they shot it so well, it was intimidating. Yeah. Oh, um, the for me for me I really think it was was the the way the sound design was around it. It was loud. It was horrifying. <laughs> like the car itself is somewhat um, reminds you of the uh, oh shit what's the name of the the evil car that like kills people. What? You know I'm talking about? They did like a um, a parody of it on Futurama for one episode. The weird car. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what's called Futurama, but no, it was, it was a Stephen King book, I think, that got turned into a movie. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, the car itself gave me those vibes, where, like, if that thing was stalking you on the highway alone, it would be scary enough, but followed by the, like, just Yeah, no, it's got this giant, like, turbo sound on it that sounds like a goddamn rocket taking off. Yeah, the, literally, that's what it sounds like, the... Uh, rocket ignition sound was just um, terrifying. But I don't know. This like toward the end of it, he finally like Penguin thinks he's gotten away and you know makes this major crash on the highway, and he's like, oh, "I got you, you son of a bitch! I got you!" And then like out through the fire and the flames, here comes the goddamn Batmobile and just <laughs> rips into the side of his car. I need an edit of that scene with him saying that, and then. You just slowly hear through the fire and flames, like, <laughs> fade in until the Batmobile just bursts through. Um, but no, and he was bursting through a, the side of a semi, right? Yeah, so, like, it was, like, one of those, you know, trucks that carries cars, like, it's ramp broke, so he hit that. Oh, and that's And then it was, it was yes. like, a, a gas truck exploded as, like, that happened, and he, you know, flew through that. That part's even in the trailer, so that, I wouldn't even call that a spoiler. Yeah, you're right. Um, but what I was going to say, thinking about it a little bit more, was I would be curious to know if they used the same audio that they used in 89's Batman for the rocket engine sound, but then just cranked it up, and instead of using it for like, oh, he's got a rocket, cool, it's like, oh my god, he's got a rocket. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But other big things in the movie, um, again, I think the Riddler is really well fleshed out. Because, like, again, at the beginning, I didn't love the costume design. Um, but by the end of it, you're, like, deep into that movie, and that dude's scary. Yeah, yeah, he is. But so, the Riddler's whole plan is to eventually get caught to reveal his much larger plan, which is to break the ocean walls and flood Gotham. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere to me. Like, yeah. I, was, I was not expecting this movie to essentially end with No Man's Land. Yeah, no, I really, as soon as those walls broke, I'm like, oh man, they're doing No Man's Land too? That's a lot in one movie. But it kind of... I don't want to I don't want to talk too much, like, just the end, I guess, but it, that... The, him doing that was necessary to complete Batman's arc in that movie because oh, yeah. he realized that he doesn't just need to be the fists of justice, he also needs yeah, to be Yeah, he can't just savior. be vengeance. He has yeah. to be Batman, you he know? He has to be the, a savior. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was a really interesting 
thing to just kind of... I, I wish that that would have been threaded in a little bit more, again, to, like, earlier on. I'm sure where, there are hints of it that we just didn't pick up. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, like you said, a, a rewatch would probably help. But I'm even sure then, that it there's... really seemed to come out of nowhere. I thought so, too, yeah, where it's like, oh, actually, my plan was to <laughs> blow up and the dam the whole time. Like, I was like, oh. His social media presence has m- given him not a large following, but, I mean, still quite a few people who are, like, into his cause, and they're trying to... Do they say out loud the fringe alt-right? They say fringe, but they don't say alt-right, but that's definitely what they're getting at. That, that was my impression as well. But again, for like, for that city, and that, not even that Gotham, any Gotham, that makes sense. That works really, really well with Batman. Yeah. I mean, like, that that's something that happens in real life, you know? Absolutely it is. So um, Riddler essentially just, you know, recruits a bunch of domestic terrorists to finally, like, he, he motivates them to finally do do it, you know? Like, they show up with guns and they're ready to kill people. That is another thing that reminded me very directly of the Gotham TV show. <clears throat> because that's something that Jerome's Joker does in that show a lot. I think mm-hmm. at the time, it was even before he was the Joker on his own, I think he was part of the, it was some some squad that got put together, some like I gotcha. terrorist squad, but he would do live streams, and that's what, after the fact, after all those live streams is when he started to gain a following, so when he came back, he could like go back to doing that and just regain all of his followers. I gotcha. <clears throat> and I definitely think that's the route they're going to take with the Riddler. Oh yeah, for sure. Because, like, it said he had, like, a a following of, like, just over 500 people, but only what, like, you would say, like, 30, 40 people showed up to his little calling at the end. Yeah. How many followers did you say he had? It showed, like, just over 500 on one of his things Hmm. during the movie. I didn't catch that. But, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't even say that many. I would say maybe, like, 20, 25. So, like, let's say we got 25 of these 500 people. Next time the Riddler makes a call, there could easily be two or 300 people. Yeah. That show up. Especially if he keeps making videos and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now that he's been imprisoned for what... Especially, a lot of those people probably thought was, like, a good thing that he was doing. I wonder if they'll do the same route that they did in Gotham, where... That's that's pretty much what happened, is after he was, like, quote-unquote killed <clears throat> before he got brought back. Mm. After that, in the in the aftermath, there became the, the cult of Jerome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he did come back... It was very easy for him to step into that that role. Actually, did you, did you watch? You, you said you didn't watch Gotham. I didn't watch Gotham all the way through, but I know a lot of those big oh. plot points, and I watched a bunch of the Jerome stuff because, again, that actor's fantastic, and his Joker scared the living shit out of me, so I wanted to watch it. Do you remember when they did bring him back, and like the cult of Jerome was a thing, and they found his dead body, and the one guy who was trying to like make a name for himself and become the leader of the cult was like, "Oh, I'll just cut off Jerome's face and wear it on my face." Mm-hmm. And then when Jerome came back, he had no face and was pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I think they... comes from Death of the Family, which is a comic run I own. The Joker cuts his own face off yes. and then wears it with safety pins. Yes. So all those books that I own have, like, it's the Joker's face as, like, the front page and then the actual comic cover. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I haven't read... I, did they animate that one into a movie? They did Death of the Family, so I assume uh, they will do Death in the Family. Or No, they did Death in the Family, 
which is Jason Todd dying. And then they'll do death of the family at some point. Because it, it's a massive story. Hmm. I need I'll to reread it. it. I'm a little fuzzy on some of the main points of it. But I remember it being very, very big. Um, what did you think of seeing uh, Catwoman's costume in action? So I feel like we're leaving out a lot about her. That she did some really dope stuff. Yeah, and I don't mean to be because she, I think, is like... she. I might have liked her performance more in the movie than I liked Batman, to be honest with you. She was very compelling and, like, had a lot to do with the plot. Yeah, I'll be... We'll, we'll definitely have to do a follow-up episode once we've seen it a second time. Maybe do... Yeah, or even just, like, a beginning segment of another one we'll talk about more in... Not even more in-depth, just, like, other thoughts, you know? Yeah, or even, like, <clears throat> start off with news and then in the back half just do follow-up from this. Even, like, yeah. listener responses if we have any or whatever. Yeah, um... No, her costume was cool. It was pretty simplistic, but it still got the point across that she was, like, Catwoman, you know? Yeah, I mean, it It worried me where... Uh, so, again, the goddamn Batman. He is apparently <laughs> just bulletproof. Yeah, he's got, like, some kind of tactical armor on, like... One of the coolest shots in the, in the movie was when he's walking down a completely dark, dark hallway. hallway fighting a group of guys, and the only light you see is the gunfire oh it's always those hallway scenes man they always do hallway scenes yeah he's just getting shot all over the place doesn't seem to matter yeah no that scene is very very cool doesn't he take some high caliber round at some point or like a grenade or something um he takes like a so oh back to the cell phone so the cell phone pops up when that one it was the DA got kidnapped, and they drove a car into the mayor's funeral, and yes. he's got a bomb yeah. strapped to his neck and a cell phone taped to his hand. Yes. And so the Riddler's calling the cell phone to talk to Batman. Things go south. Bomb goes off. Batman is literally, like, face-to-face -face with this guy with a bomb strapped to his neck. So Batman gets launched back and wakes up in uh, the Gotham Police Department just surrounded by cops, but somehow still fully masked. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. I'm, and you know, I assume that's Jim's doing because him and Jim seem to be pretty tight. You know what I mean? Like I'm assume I assume that's why. Sure, but I mean, if your suit all locks together, I don't think it would be that hard to like connect the the, the mask to the suit in a way that unless you, you pull it off, yeah, unless you take the suit off, you're able to pull the helmet off or whatever. I, yeah, I, I mean, it, that. it's also it's also stitched together. So who am I? I don't know. <laughs> Um, that's also one of my favorite scenes. Like, he wakes up on that table and just stands up and starts throwing punches. Yep. <laughs> Indiscriminately. <laughs> yeah, he's just punching, punching, punching. Everybody's like, all right, all right, calm down. And then that happens, you know, two or three more times. Because <laughs> the commissioner comes in, he's like, I could have you on assaulting an officer or two. And he's like, make it three and just punches somebody else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so well, then, like... While he respects Jim, he doesn't really give two shits about the rest of the cops, as it sounds, seems like. But yeah, it that seems is like. what it seems like. Because he knows that Jim isn't corrupt. And even, like, that gets brought up at a point. He's, like, because uh, him and Gordon are talking, and Jim is, like, I'm, I'm, like, is the Riddler coming after me? He's, like, no, you're not corrupt. Whereas, like, a lot of the people he's been going after have been paid off or bought off by the mob or some other type of entity. So, just going to throw this one out there. How would you feel about the Gotham PD show being year one from Jim Gordon's perspective. I would love that. Because <laughs> Jeffrey Wright was a fantastic choice for, for Jim Gordon. 
I think that that's honestly probably one of the best things that they could do for that show after this movie. Yeah. Um, like, that, 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 first, that wasn't... I... That, sorry, I was going to say, that wasn't my, like... It wasn't what I initially would have wanted for it, or p- even pitched for it. But, but at now? this point, I think that that's... That, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, like, why does he, why does he trust movie, Gordon? Yeah, when we first left the movie, I'm like, I don't know, man. I still think I like Gary Oldman better as Jim Gordon. But, like, the longer I sit with this movie, the more I like uh, Jeffrey Wright. I mean, he's a bat stan. <laughs> a Watu the Watcher. <laughs> I, it'll be interesting if they ever do something that makes bats break his trust. Like, as as 100% as Gordon is on his side, that what he's doing is the right thing, and that he can help them in ways that the cops can't do things. Yeah. It'll be curious to see if he ever does something, which I could definitely see this version of Batman doing, Yeah, that would do something to break his trust. That he'd have to rebuild or maybe it. even just like as a, as a front to then do something else that would inevitably like come back and rebuild the trust. You know what I mean? I wonder if it would be something as simple as killing somebody in front of him. I don't think this Batman will kill anybody unless unless I really missed something in the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> but that's what I'm saying though. Like we're led to believe that he doesn't kill, so like he finally gets pushed to that point. By what well, we almost see that. When was that? End of the movie. He took a shotgun round to the chest. He's hanging onto the girders. Catwoman pulls him up, and then she gets like pulled off of him by one of the fringe people dressed as the Riddler. And she's getting, she's kind of getting her the shit beat out of her. And he takes that shot. Oh yes. And then just proceeds to absolutely pound that dude's skull in. Yeah, he got a good. I don't know. Six, seven, Molly Wompson. Of, of that dude already unconscious on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, he might he might not wake up yet to be I seen. I think they, <laughs> they pulled his mask off and he was breathing, but I don't know how much that means. Yeah. I mean, one facial reconstruction surgery later. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, But I still am under the impression that that was some version of Bane's venom, maybe in, like, it's early stages oh you said he took that shot i thought you were still talking about the shotgun blast but yeah i forgot about that yeah that Everybody was that was a like, green oh, no liquid. no it's 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 an adrenaline shot it's, you guys are overthinking it bullshit they wouldn't have done they that wouldn't, they wouldn't have put something like that in this movie and had him act the way he did afterwards to not eventually lead to bane and <laughs> i think I think we talked about this before. I think this was on like it might have been on our Batman episode. Pretty sure when we got to Bane in that, mm-hmm. I want it to be Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I think that I'm he, all for it. I think you could pull it off. <laughs> you convinced me last time. I think you well, I, you can definitely too. I mean, you already have one. You can do more than one version of Bane. Yeah, but I would like to see see Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I could also see them going like the route of just like that dude doesn't talk. They just get some dude who's like you know a competitor and strong man that's like six eight, no no four hundred pounds. No no Zane Zane. You put Rey Mysterio as Bane in mm-hmm. the Peacemaker universe. Okay. And then you get your Dave Batista Zane. But <laughs> your Dave Batista Zane. <laughs> your Dave Batista Bane. In the Batman movies. I think that could really work. Because I think he has the chops to pull it off in a serious way. 
and be an intimidating foe to especially Robert Pattinson's Batman. Yeah. Like, he would have been a challenge against uh, Batflack, but yeah. he has a slightly larger frame than Robert Pattinson's Batman. <laughs> yeah. Especially after he juices himself up. Yeah, no, I really, I really feel like that was some kind of version of Venom that I, he used in that scene. The only two real options in my mind that I can even think of would be... Actually, okay, maybe three, if we're going to make the assumption that he might have been trained by Roz, would be Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, okay, actually, I take that back. There's, <laughs> there's four different things it could be. We actually have six different options. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, got, I have Venom, the one I just thought of. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to save that one for last because it will lead into our, uh, into our other, converse, our other topic. <laughs> okay. Venom, um, mm-hmm. Fear Toxin. I don't know about that one. I feel like that one's a little out there. It's maybe some not not an anti fear toxin, but like if he had, I to, understand if what he you had to study that shit to fight him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um maybe some sort of uh Lazarus pit not something or other. Yeah. That could be. And the one to lead into my next or like our next little I topic. I think here. I know where you're heading with this. Is some sort of either anti, anti, uh, I was gonna say anti venom, but that sounds, you know, more like actual anti venom, mm-hmm. um, like an an antidote or knockoff version of a Joker gas. Okay, so like the laughing gas stuff. Yeah, because um, that's canon, baby. <laughs> we do in fact get a, a what I would call a small glance at who will be the Joker. I don't know if he's quite the Joker yet. If they stick with that design, dude. He is a nightmare. Oh my <laughs> He's god. He's so goddamn scary. <laughs> <laughs> they said that the the not like the motivation, but like the look for that character is drawn from some old film called The Man Who Laughs, and it's about a dude with like a born facial deformity who's always constantly smiling and his muscles are like locked in that position. I've heard that that was the the origin for the Joker himself. I've also heard that, and I think that Matt Reeves said that he wanted to draw from that version of Joker. But, and from the look we got at him, that's what it looked like. So, what I picture, if you're someone in the audience who happens to be listening to us, and you haven't seen the Batman, but you have played Mortal Kombat, <laughs> she remind, he reminds me, his face reminds me of how uh, Melina's face looks. Can you picture Melina from like Mortal Kombat 9, where she like has the regular lips... But then the sides of her face are just blown out in teeth. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but his, like, it's, it's not like his mouth is extended. He's just got, like, his, like, his cheeks are stuck. I don't know what, what to say about it. To me, it but we get... like his, 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 it almost looked, uh, not fully, but it almost looked two-face-ish. Two-face-ish, where his, like, cheek was, um... He did look scarred. Like, rotted away, almost. Or, like, yeah, like an acid he, burn. Literally. And that, well, again, would, would fit real yeah, well for the Joker. Makes perfect sense, yeah. I mean, if if the opening scenes of that next movie were the Red Hood gang breaking into Ace Chemicals... Dude. That's perfect. I mean, like, that, that does it. That... And I so, know there's... Apparently there's more cut footage of... Uh, 
that guy Barry playing the Joker. What's the actor's name? Barry Cogan, Cogan, something like that. Do we know he him was, from anything? He was Druig in Eternals, the mind control Eternal. Oh no, shit! It was actually him. It was actually him. Damn, man. Yeah. As soon as I heard the voice, I'm like, oh no, shit! I had heard about it, but I didn't think it was gonna happen. Oh man. Something that's on my itinerary for the next week is to go see this goddamn movie again. Yeah, no, me too. I'm in the same boat. So, a criticism of this movie, based on trailers, before anyone had seen it, was people were like, we've seen this already in the Christopher Nolan movies, the grounded Batman's been done, it's been overdone, we don't need to see it again. I wouldn't say that this was, while there were aspects of it that were grounded, like, this was one of the more comic booky Batmans, it felt like. Super comic book. Um, that and like we've never seen this before. It's because even if it draws from the long Halloween, it's not the long Halloween. Like it's a straight up noir movie. Yeah, it's a noir detective story that will have you thinking that you solved the case multiple times. Yeah, I guess not the... so much like the long Halloween where like you think you know who the holiday killer is, but like you think you know where the Riddler's plot is going, and then you don't. Yeah, and I guess I was expecting the Riddler's identity. Oh, we forgot to talk about this. Perfect That's little true. transition. We, were, I was under the impression that the the big mystery was going to be who was under the mask. Mm-hmm. And they even tease us with that very heavily in the middle of the movie, where yes, they're they showing do. they're showing Batman some sort of clips about his parents' failures, and they like mention his dad's uh, mayoral campaign. Yeah. And they mention how Thomas Wayne had Tommy Elliot, who's, I, I can't remember his dad's name, but I'm assuming his dad, so, somebody left, last name Elliot, who was a reporter, killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the word hush was written over some picture of the, of the Waynes with a question mark over it. So before we went to see the movie, I was on that uh, Rata Alada website again, and that was the final clue was that little video from Thomas Wayne's mayor campaign and when hush popped up on the screen i audibly gasped in my bedroom (laughs) i would have been so upset to have known that going into the movie even though it didn't mean anything ultimately yeah i I feel bad that you were spoiled of that i see but i didn't i didn't even consider the fact that that might have been hush because i didn't know i always knew hush as tommy elliott not as like the riddler who then became hush well so i guess I wasn't even thinking of, wow, jeez, I wasn't even thinking of the animated Hush movie where Hush's identity ended up being the Riddler. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking of that, but now that you mention it, yeah, that's a great extra little way for them to try to convince you, but yeah, at that point, I was, we didn't know who was under the mask. It was, yeah. it was almost the reverse of what they did in that movie, where, mm-hmm. where in, in the animated movie... You think it's Tommy Elliot the whole time, and then you find out that it's actually the Riddler. The Riddler, yeah. But then in this movie, they give you the Riddler, and then at some point make you think it's Tommy Elliot for the, to yeah. end up just actually being the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite little Riddler scenes is like after he's, so his whole thing is that he is trying to get this rat who sold out Maroni into the light, and that's his his thing for Bruce is like the all the answers will be will be brought to him when he brings La Rata Alada to the light. So, it comes to, like, the climax of the movie, 
or what you believe is the climax. Jesus, there's like three different times in that movie where you think it could be over. Honestly. So they're pulling Falcone out of his club, and as soon as he breaks the doorway and is getting booked by the police, you hear a sniper round burst. And Because there was helicopter lights on him? Yep. So he brought the rat into the light, so we find out that not only was Falcone the one that sold out Maroney to then take over the drug empire, but he was also the one who had Thomas and Martha Wayne killed. And who killed the reporter for Thomas Wayne, even though that's not what Thomas Wayne wanted him to do. So did did Bruce find out that um, Falcone killed his parents post-mortem? Or was mm. it while he was still alive? It was while he was still alive, but not long after that is when Falcone died. So when he stopped Selena from killing him... <clears throat> He knew. He knew. So there, there he was. Knew. He had every right to just let her kill him at that point. Absolutely. Okay. That was, I guess, what my question was. So then, like, um, Falcone is killed, and the Riddler ditches his costume, ditches his apartment, and is just sitting in a cafe drinking coffee. Um. And like, yes, we're... a million cops burst through the door, and he's like traced like a question mark in like his cappuccino or whatever, and they're like, "Hands behind your back." And they're trying to arrest him, and he's like, I ordered a piece of pumpkin pie. And then they slam his head on the counter. <laughs> Dude, I... You need to watch Reacher. That's literally, <laughs> that's literally how the first episode starts, is he, like, walks into a diner and orders a slice of peach pie, and, like, cops come in to arrest him, and he's like, but I ordered peach pie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, okay, so I had a question that I wanted to ask earlier, and then I have another yeah. question that fits into what we're talking about now. My first question was, did we ever see the Maronis, any of them, in, in person? No. We saw, like, nope. silhouettes, and we knew that they got, like, we flashbacks seen, of them getting arrested. Yeah, we have pictures and stuff from, like, news articles of the Maronis, but we don't actually see them. But it's like, so we do, do we know what Salvatore Maroni looks like? I don't believe so, but give me, like, one second. I just, the reason I, well, while you're looking it up, the reason I asked is because with as little of the Maronis we got in this movie... And the fact that Falcone is now dead, <clears throat> if they want to stick with this crime boss aspect, which, you know, they said there's going to be a power grab now, Penguin's in on that, I definitely could see some Penguins versus Salvatore Moroni for the next movie as part of that part of that plot there. Definitely. Um, do, we have a, do we have an ID at this point, or is it still a faceless guy? Um, just give me one second. I mean... If you, I feel like if you Google Maroney the Batman 2022 and there's not a face that immediately pops up. Yeah, I'm pre- not not seeing anything. Pretty good guess that there's probably not going to be a guy. I'm pretty sure we, we may have saw him, but it was just like a silhouette. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so I, think, I think you're right. At that point, I definitely think that they could bring him in as a storyline for a future movie. Definitely. My because we all question. know that guys like that don't stay in prison very long. Oh, yeah. Especially now that Falcone's dead. Exactly. And I don't know if it would, but I could definitely see them using some sort of legal shenanigans to say that now that he's dead or if some information came to light that that negates the evidence that they gave on Maroney or whatever. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, he's already been in prison, I think, 20 years, 22 years, whatever. I don't know if it's been quite that long because I think it was in Jim's time at the GCPD that they did the drug bust on Maroney. Right, but I thought that that was what led to 
Was that not what led to Bruce's parents being killed? It wasn't part of that? No, that was... Um, so, there was that reporter that had some... I wouldn't even call it dirt on the Waynes. Oh, no, okay, yeah, I'm just... I'm confusing Maroney with, with the other Stop stuff. Going. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, my second question was, do we ever get any sort of motivation as to why uh, the Riddler specifically is doing what he's doing, besides the fact that he's just crazy? I think it's that he is tired of corruption and things being done for money. That's really what I they, they sell it as. But do we get any um, dialogue or background information as to, like, did he get screwed over specifically in any way? So, the only thing they do is, like, after he's been arrested and he's calling for the Batman to come talk to him in Arkham, he is saying that, like, oh, he believes that, like, you know, him and the Batman are partners in this and that they were doing this together. And the Batman's kind of like, no, man, like, you got this messed up. Like, I'm not helping you. He's like, no, no, you are. And they go through this whole spiel, and he's like, well, we only there's only one person we didn't kill that was on my list, and that was Bruce Wayne. He's like, well, poor, well, poor Bruce Wayne. Uh, billionaire you, you, orphan. You, you say that, but you leave out one important part of that conversation was... He's like, he doesn't say that. He's like, there's one person I didn't manage to kill. Isn't that right? Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, implying that he knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne, but then as that dialogue continues, maybe another minute or two in, you mm -hmm. find out that he it was just the way he phrased it, and he doesn't yeah. actually know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that happens, and he's like, you know, the billionaire orphan, he's like, I'm an orphan too, you know, and he's like, nobody gave a shit about me, but you, when you were an orphan, it was a big deal all of a sudden. So I think that's where it was rooted, is that, like, he believed that anybody with money was gonna be inherently just well, wait, so on a higher statute than anybody so, without, which is, so, I mean, true. So he doesn't but, know that Bruce is Batman, right? I don't think so. <laughs> Because that was where I, I thought, like, at the end of that dialogue, he, he, he wasn't, he was accusing Bruce, but then said something specifically that accused Bruce that implied that he wasn't talking to the person in front of him. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, it was a, it was a very uh, detailed conversation. It's very nuanced. Like, the, you yeah, have to like, really listen to how they're talking. Yeah, like, if you want to know what he's thinking or what the hell he's actually talking about, you have to kind of pay attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Which was hard as my jaw was just on the floor the whole time. <laughs> like, I, I honestly went into this movie fairly skeptical as to how much I was going to like it to be blown away with it as much as I yeah, was. No, I was I was nervous about it. Not that I thought I was going to dislike it too much, but I was just curious to see where it went. Just because, like, there wasn't a whole lot to know about it going in other than, like, some of the Easter egg stuff that they did on the La Rata Alada website. I definitely didn't go into this movie expecting it to, to potentially be my favorite solo Batman movie live action ever. Word. But uh, I think it's pretty pretty close. Not yeah, I think after a rewatch or maybe like sitting with it for a little while, it it might might do it. It's definitely gonna take a rewatch to determine that in any solid. I was gonna say solidity form, but any solid form. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but. Uh, it's not going to be a painful to rewatch, I can tell you that much. No, no, it's going to be a, it's hopefully a super exciting rewatch. It feels like it's going to have that, some good rewatch value to it. At least, like, 
no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that you are getting your money's worth watching that movie at the very least a second time, because I know I'm gonna. Because Yeah, I absolutely am going to. But yeah. My one thing I'm surprised about now having seen it was um did you listen to the Holy Batcast and their talk, their non spoiler talk on the movie? Is that recent since the movie came out? It was it's not quite a week old. They went to like that fan showing like a week before the movie. Then no, I have not. None of them really were over the moon about it. And, you know, I, I knew that a lot of them felt that way going in. Um, I don't know if you, you how, how many you'd listened to before. Very that, few. But I just started listening to them, kind of in prep to watch the Batman, to be honest. All three of them weren't super into it. They were in that crowd of, like, we, we've seen a better version of this already with the Christian Bale trilogy, which I really disagree have, yeah i have a hard time agreeing with that like it's just completely different like to even compare like yeah sure you have to compare them because they're batman they're both iterations of batman but they're so different and i was gonna say like I, that's unfair for me to sit to to say that that's what they think now because i haven't i haven't um listened to that review but yeah, but that's, you, you, that's basically what they said in those reviews, and that kind of like having watched it now, that surprises me, especially for how much those guys rant and rave about the Dark Knight. This is, this feels like a spiritual sequel to the Dark Knight in my mind. Like okay, so it's been a couple of years since I've seen you know any of those any of that trilogy, like sat down and watched it. Yeah, I would be curious to like sit down and watch Batman Begins and see how I know I like the score. It's been a while since I've listened to it, but. See how I think the cinematography and... Because if I remember correctly, I don't... Like, Batman fight scenes in that movie weren't great. They, yeah, they weren't anything crazy. Not the way that... Not like these. Patton, uh, uh, Pattinson. 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 Yes, Pattinson. Not Batflack. <laughs> not Pattinson. Yeah, Pattinson. Um, yeah, the way he moves around in that suit and just his... The, the aura that he just gives off when he walks into a room before a fight starts. That and, like, his his motions, like, his movements to fight are slow, but then as soon as he starts fighting, he moves so fast. Oh, yeah. He really does. I, we got, I, um, I thought his bike was really cool. We didn't see yeah. a, a whole lot of, like, still shots of it, but he was on it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. No, also, I, I'm glad they're they're diving deep into like you know we got a Batmobile we have his Bat cycle already we're getting the only thing he didn't really have was a Batarang but that's not necessarily a complaint for me because that was always one of the things I felt like was very easy to leave out. Well, you say that as iconic as it is, you say that, but is that not what his chess piece was? It is, but he never throws it. He uses it as a knife once, but he never actually throws it. Okay, I was confused when when he pulled it off. I thought it was going to be more than just a dagger, essentially. Yeah, because when he pulled it off in that one scene, I thought he was going to throw it. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's cool. But then that's not what he ended up doing. I thought he was going to pull it in two and start shooting people. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a gun. And I think it's made out of a gun. The the, I don't know if this was ever confirmed, but the fan theory for a long time was that that's made out of the gun that killed his parents. I have heard that. Um, My only, like, remembering this now, the only thing that was too, a little too year one for me where mm-hmm. I'm like, you couldn't have just done the goddamn wings. Yeah, the wingsuit was the only thing I didn't love about his his costume. Like, it's not... 
I, I didn't hate it. The build-up to it was perfect. Yeah. It was executed well. I just, like, you could have given him a little bit, even more of, like, a Batman Beyond wing shape. Mm-hmm. You know, just make but it Just, look... like, watching him zip himself into a flying squirrel suit and jump off a tall building in Gotham really confused me. Is that even what he did? Like, I, I thought that it was just, like, it was a part of his suit functionality where he just had to tighten a couple straps and then, I guess like... it might have been. I It looked like he did something with the cape, though. Either that or he just dropped the cape. Oh, I, well, you know, if if it was his cape that then like after he did the straps and shit turned yeah. into a wingsuit, I don't hate that. But how many times have we seen it in live action where it's literally just the the bat T pose yeah. with the wings going by? Like that looks yep. good. You can just do that. Yeah. No, I'm never gonna complain about that because it always looks cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and. Yeah, so year two, I'll, I'll allow it. It, like I said, <laughs> it, it. it looked a little too year one for me. Mm-hmm. Just give it a little bit more points. A little more bat wing shape. But aside from that, that was my only gripe as far as his... Again, like we said, we, he used a bunch of... A lot more gadgets than I thought he would. Yeah. I like, had at, little at no, to no, no point complaints th- about the movie at all. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Little to no complaints about the movie at all. Yeah. I, I mean, at no see point, it again. At no point... Up until that moment, did I think I would see him fly in the movie at all? Yeah, so that was true too. Yeah, there you go. He uses his grappling hook brutally. Yeah, dude, he like just shoots it into people. Yeah, <laughs> just goes straight through the straight through the sternum. You know, you're, you're trying to you're trying to hit a ledge. You don't need to catch the ledge. You just need to hit the person that's standing up on the ledge, <laughs> and that, that'll be good enough. Yeah, for real. Um, do you have any kind of, like, last thoughts about it or anything you think we missed? Um, we talked about the Joker's appearance briefly, but we did not talk about what we think they're going to do with him. <sighs> I mean, him and Riddler are definitely going to bust out of Arkham real quick. The way he was smooth-talking the Riddler, dude, I do What's not... more value, or... What, what becomes you... more valuable, the less of them you have, and the answer is friends? Yeah. That man's not your friend. No. I think... I, I do not have high hopes for the Riddler's uh, life expectancy if he's yeah. going to keep being friends with that man. <laughs> but I really think we will get some kind of, like, almost break in that Joker plot. Like, we if we get, like, let's say we get three movies, like, do a, a Batman trilogy like they're known to do. The second movie could be, like, a caveat with a different villain, different plot, and then the very, very end of that movie could pick up with Arkham's walls blowing out. That could be cool. I was thinking even... And then save Joker for your third big bad, your ultimate uh, piece de resistance of your Batman trilogy. See, I was thinking something more along the lines of, like, the Joker helps the Riddler break out. Okay, okay. Um, before I, before <laughs> I say this theory, do we assume that the Batman knows who the Joker is yet? Yes, I think they have some kind of history. I believe that the Batman is the one who put him in Arkham in the first place. Okay. Because uh, I was talking about those cut scenes earlier. Matt Reeves said that there's a cut scene where after he realizes that these aren't just like random killings of people, that these are semi-serial killings mm-hmm. going on with these political figures and corrupt politicians and whatnot. Um, that they were going to have him go to Arkham and question the Joker about it because he was a serial killer before he was what will be the Joker. Huh. Okay. I wouldn't have hated that. 
No, I think, and I'm I'm assuming when the <clears throat> Blu-ray comes out, that'll probably be one of the scenes on it. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> that and like I'm I just want to see more of that character I want to see his face I want to know if he has like just like the scarring and the disfigurement or if he has like the whited out skin and like yeah if he's or like if he's doing his own makeup or if he's yeah yeah or maybe be, we're getting a mix that'd be cool to see it's always fun to think about stuff like that I really I, it blows my mind that it's the dude from Eternals that's crazy <laughs> but okay so my my Little theory, my prediction of a plot for the next movie. Mm-hmm. So you started off with, you know, the Joker breaks out of Arkham. Yeah. You started off with Batman taking care of some low-level thug or villain or whatever, and then he finds out that the Riddler has escaped from Arkham. Yeah. You spend the first maybe 45 minutes to an hour of that movie of him trying to take out the Riddler, and then whatever the Riddler's plan is post-breaking out of Arkham, he wins. Whatever it was, whatever it was he, he was going to do, he succeeds he in doing so and has like a big victory moment to then be immediately killed by the Joker. I could definitely see that because I feel like the Joker is not going to let him have a plan that won't benefit his ultimate plan later on. See, that, for me, the, the fun part about it would be like the whole first third of the movie, Batman's mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the hell the Riddler's doing to then be like, oh shit, like I am not even anywhere on course as to what's going on. The, the Joker, yeah. and from, my, from his perspective, the Joker just came out of nowhere and killed him. Yeah, the Joker him. is somebody who he's dealt with, but not in this fashion. Right. Like, the audience knows that the Joker is technically behind the Riddler's doings, but yeah. whether or not the Batman knows at all would be mm-hmm. interesting. That was one of my favorite parts about this movie, is, like, we learned things as the Batman did. Do you have any specific examples of that? Like, as the plot went on, and, like, Things that were happening, reveals of like, oh no, this person is who we actually need to be looking for. We figured that out when he did. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. But no, I would like to see. I would like. I want to see the Joker. I mean, you can't really do Batman without doing the Joker at some point. Do you think that like that's what they're gonna do for the next movie, or do you think they're gonna save him? I hope they save him. See, I I kind of do. I if we're getting a, if we're, if all we're gonna get is a trilogy. I say, do them in the second movie, keep up the tradition. I mean, that's not a great tradition to keep up, all things considered. <laughs> what, the, the it just being a trilogy, or... Having the Joker be your second villain? I mean, I guess, like... Because he was the first one for Keaton. I guess you don't want to just keep drawing the, con- the connections between the Nolan yeah. trilogy at that point. But I would much rather have Joker be, like, the orchestrator of this giant circus in Gotham, you know what I mean? Like, the rogues gallery should definitely expand in the second one, and probably more in the third one, even. But it should all be the Joker pulling the strings. Okay, so if we want to say the Joker... That and I want to see the Court of Owls. I really want them to do the Court of Owls. Um, did they mention that at all? Nope. Oh, dude, yeah, I, now that you say it, like, with with this tone of movie... The Court of Owls is prime t- time for that. Oh, dude, terrifying on their own, just as, like, an intimidating secret society, but this Batman versus a Talon? Well, we were talking about that. We said that Timothy Chalamet should play Talon. We did say that. I remember saying that. And <laughs> well, no, because I remember saying that, like, I didn't want them to waste Timothy Chalamet on, on Talon, but... I, at this point, uh, that's not a bad pull. But I do think 
you make Talon Tommy Elliot. You think so? I think if you're going to lay the seeds in the first movie for that, and then have a masked figure the whole time, and like part of what Bruce is trying to figure out is who the hell is this guy. Yeah. I think that that's a good pull. Because that's, that's seeds that are laid in the first movie that, like, if you don't already know who that is, that's a throwaway line. Yeah. But it is 100% set up in the first movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, that, and I mean, especially if they're going to go the true comics route for Tommy Elliot, which is being a childhood best friend of Bruce Wayne. And having his father be the reporter that was going to yeah, expose... That would be a weird way to go, too. I mean, well, because then it would be it'd be more of a betrayal on Thomas's part that his son's best friend's father is the one that's trying to expose him and his wife. And I I would think that the backstory would then be that Thomas Wayne thought that it was a betrayal of Tommy's father to do what he was doing. Yeah. And then even more guilt added on top of that when he accidentally gets killed. Yes. Yeah. I, honestly, that. I think you just sold me the next movie right there. <laughs> if you combine Hush with The Court of Owls, that's a yeah. knock out of the park. That, that, that is that's a, a win. Movie. That's a movie I will pay to go see. <laughs> Absolutely. And then like you just have like this slowly expanding rogues gallery that he can't quite deal with because The Court of Owls is just on his ass the whole movie. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, in the wake of the downfall of Arkham, all these like newly... I don't want to say super powered, but you know you could throw like just a firefly in there. Yeah, you could throw a firefly out in the there. background. You could do shit, dude. You could even start Bane there. You know, like you could have the Joker, you know, showing up to a wrestling match and just handing a guy something. Yeah, honestly, because the Joker could still be working in the background of all this, setting up this ginormous third plot of almost not like a Sinister Six movie because that's obviously that's Spider Man and that's kind of a different thing. But, like, this giant group of people all coming at Batman in that last movie. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Almost like a... I don't know if you said Sinister Six specifically, but, like, that sort of a... Yeah, similar to the Sinister Six. Like, this team of villains coming after the Bats. Especially if you give, like, if you give ample time between movies. So, like, let's say there was, like, a two-year gap and then the movie and then a three-year gap and then the next one in, in his timeline. So he's got... Seven total years of Batman under his belt by the time that last movie rolls around. I would be very interested for them to do that where each movie there's a certain time gap that is then filled in by these TV shows like Gotham PD. At which point you could, in that TV show, and you then could do whatever do, you want. You could do Robins in that TV show. You could have that Batman lose Jason Todd in a TV show. You think that this Batman's at a point going into the next movie that he'd be ready to take on a ward? No. I don't either. After <laughs> the second one, asking. though. Give him another two years, and then another movie, I think he could be ready. But have, like, the fallout of one of his meetings with the Court of Owls being the death of the, fry, the Flying Graysons. Yeah, I could see that. Like, setting it up in the second one to then have a Robin in the third. Mm-hmm. Following the tradition of the... 89 series, which, well, we know how that went. Because <laughs> then you could even, like, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying they should. <laughs> At that point, it's it's not Timothy Chalamet as, as uh, Talon. It would be Robert Pattinson plays the Batman for the first two movies. <laughs> and then for the third one, 
They replace him with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and bring in Robin. <laughs> I'm not, I, I would like to see them do more than just a trilogy of Batman movies, because I think there's more story to be told than that. I agree. That's why I kind of think that if you're just going to keep expanding this Batman universe, why not just bring him into the DCEU? Even if he That's is in Elseworlds, too. but like... Because then, like, you could do, you could do, um, not that, not that the Dark Knight trilogy didn't do Nightfall, but you could do Nightfall again, and then have, you know, this Azrael character pop up and try to be Batman. You could have Dick Grayson take a, a shot at being Batman. And I mean, like, not for nothing, but like, you had two movies of Iron Man before Iron Man knew who anyone else in the Avengers even were. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's yep. nothing to stop them from... Letting him be his own thing for a while, and then bringing him in. Yeah. I think that it would... I think you'd have to do something, perhaps... If you if you were going to do an uh, Elseworlds deal, mm-hmm. you'd have to introduce, at some point, some Elseworlds version of a different Justice League member in, his, in one of his movies. Probably, yeah. For it to not be too jarring to just bring him over into the Justice League. I think the easiest way to do that is LexCorp. I could see that. I could also see just an out-of-nowhere cameo where, like, let's say in the next movie, because the Joker's going rampant, he's just, like, going on a rampage. Like, Batman's mm-hmm. going on a rampage. Yeah. And at some point, he's just standing on a rooftop in the rain, and you just see a silhouette float down out of the sky. And he's just <laughs> like, Bruce, what are you doing? <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. But the only other thing that's been going on around this movie is we've talked oh. about it in the last episode and this episode is that uh, Rata Alada website that's used in the movie and they put out another puzzle yesterday. I'm, I'm very interested to talk about that, but I was going to say, tell me you wouldn't just... Uh, <laughs> if, Go ahead. If, like, after some just absolute rampage, maybe even after he breaks his oath and kills somebody... Mm. Where he's standing up on a rooftop, just contemplating his own life, and you see that figure come down from the sky, the light shines on it, and it's Henry Cavill Superman, and he says something like, you got a lot on your mind? Oh, dude, I'd freak out. <laughs> oh my god. Because, I, I mean, I love Henry Cavill Superman, that, and that is something that is not the case when he first started as Superman, but I have grown to absolutely love his Superman, so to see those two interact, I think, would be really good. I, like... As much as I hate that he wouldn't be with Ben, like, I, I really do enjoy this new version of Batman. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just do. It's a it's a new, different tone corner of the like DC extended Like I said at the beginning of this universe. episode, like, it's, it's just true detective work on Batman's part. Like, there's problem solving and puzzles and goddamn riddles. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, as you were saying before... All right, so... Um, I have only been keeping up with it a little bit, the uh, Rata Alada stuff. I did break this last one, and so I have... So So what it is, is like when you go onto the link now, so after the movie, I guess, the credits roll, and like the green question mark type thing shows up, and it, you know, flashes RataAlada.com. So the so next morning when I got up, I be- went and checked it. Before you tell us what the new one is, 
Yeah. Did you say what all the other ones were before? Because you, we talked about you doing them, but what were those actual ciphers? So leading, leading those up to other one? ones, they did. It was like four rounds of three riddles, and you would get little Easter eggs and like hints about what's going on in the movie. I only did a couple of them. I did the one that came out right before the movie, and then like the first one. But I looked up a lot of it on Twitter, so like. I don't remember a whole lot of it because I didn't actively participate in it until, like, more recently. There's no shame in that saying. <laughs> Some of us, not naming any names, haven't done any of the riddles. <laughs> <laughs> so, what it is, is the website boots up here. I'll even reload it so I can get a fresh look at it while we're talking. So, it does, like, a tracing thing, and it does a bootload, and a bunch of code comes up on your screen. And it, it, it looks, talks about... It looks like, like Matrix code, right? Yes, it like, does. But just, one of the things that pop up, pops up in here that's new is corrections.arkham.gov. That's new as of the last time you checked it. Yes, it's So then it it finishes all that and it does like a load and it says there's two things. There's click for reward, which takes you to a screen of a big Riddler cipher that when translated comes to you think I'm finished, but perhaps you don't know the full truth. Every ending is a new beginning. Something is coming. Well, as if we didn't already imagine that there was going to be a sequel. But there your... is another thing on the screen. There is a loading dock at 22%, and that is of right now. When I checked it this morning, it was only 13%. So we can assume that it'll be fully Within loaded. a week? Within a week? Say, a week, yep. like, literally a week from the movie, give people a week to watch it? Yep. Wow. Maybe not even a week, because it's only been out, really, for a day and a half. Do we know what kind of movement there is on a sequel at this point? There's nothing. They haven't announced it. I didn't think so. I'm sure, sure that it is being worked on. But even beforehand, there was never any talk of, like, oh... They wanted to wait and see, just because everybody was so... Skeptical about Pattinson, I think, which is just bullshit. Like, if you're really going to hold Twilight against that dude, like... Like, I'd be curious to know if, if they actually sign some sort of three or four or five movie deal. Multi-picture deal? Yeah. I, I am... I'm willing to bet it's, like, dependent on success of the first film, but I'm willing to bet that's in the contract. I'm going to have to guess this, film, this film's going to be pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it, I think it overshot their... Uh, estimates for opening night even like that even that preview night that we went to huh so today at this point the movie's been out for two and a half days give or take yeah so we saw it thursday night it's now god damn it's sunday morning technically (laughs) technically technically (laughs) i haven't gone to bed yet so it's not morning exactly but yeah Um, but that no that's currently loading i I'll post the Riddler cipher on Twitter when I post the uh, the episode, okay. which will be in like a week, because I want to give people plenty of time to watch it, so like, we saw it on the 4th, and then I probably won't post this until the, uh, the 14th, which is when you will all be listening to it theoretically for those few people that are listening. Something that we could potentially do... I don't think it would be very hard for us to do, just as a little add-on at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. something we can do in the future, is if that file completes its loading and yeah. ends up revealing something somewhat crazy, we could yeah. maybe record like a little 5-10 minute snippet to add on to the end of this. 
Absolutely. I wouldn't be opposed to that. If it, if it happens before this episode ends up coming out, well, why not? I think if it's going to happen, it will be out before this episode. I would think so, yeah. If you said it, it changed from, what, 17 or 13 to 22? It was 13 this morning, and it was 21 when we started recording, because I've had it pulled up all day. Okay. Yeah, at that point, I would have to think next couple of days. Yeah. But that is kind of all my thoughts on the movie. I loved it front to back. Um, I want to see it again. I'd give it, like, I, I don't know. I hate doing, like, the out of 10 ratings because I can never quite uh, get my thoughts right that way. I can never quite quantify my thoughts in that way. I feel you on that. And honestly, I mean, I would just say at this point it's a solid flick. It's yeah. worth your time. <laughs> If you want to see Batman go beat some ass and schmooze with Catwoman and see her beat some ass and schmooze with yeah. schmooze with him mm-hmm. and watch Colin Farrell as the Penguin go hey oh <laughs> come, come on, come on. <laughs> no yeah. uh, it's great can't really recommend it enough especially just because it's so like mysterious like there's a lot for you to watch. Yeah, we definitely. I would say I'm gonna speak for the both of us and say that we're definitely excited for more to come. A hundred percent. So I'm probably gonna put a poll up with this one. Just kind of, if you did see it, what'd you think about it? We'll do like good, great, okay, bad, whatever, something like that. Um, if you have any other bigger thoughts or there are things that we missed in our review that you want to hear us talk about, please tweet at us at Nonsense Nerds on Twitter. You can also follow our sister podcast at Class X Radio on Twitter and Step listen sister. to us anywhere. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed the movie. I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about the movie, and we will talk to you next time here on Mostly Nerdy Nonsense. Bye, guys.